0: Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And um, ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us this truth for eons so what you do to another person you are literally doing to another aspect of yourself and when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness there will be peace on earth today's show topic is stories of the afterlife from the newton institute with peter smith peter is the president of the Newman Institute. And Peter is connecting with us today all the way from the other side of the world, from Australia. Thank you so much, Peter, for being our guest on Awake to Oneness Radio.
1: It's lovely to be here, Carolyn.
0: Oh thank you thank you thank you. I discovered Peter when I actually discovered the work of Dr. Newton, Dr. Michael Newton. <laughs> yes, and I I invited. I sent Dr. Newton an invite to be a guest on the show. And when I sent that invitation to Dr. Newton, I received a response from Peter and Peter said that he transitioned September of last year. So almost a year Ago to the yeah. day, he yeah. Has...
1: We've just just had his anniversary.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So please share. Like I said, I I'm not. I wasn't. I had just learned of his work, and as soon as I learned of his work, I wanted him on the show, and, uh, and then I got in touch with you. So please share with us first. Uh, I mean, in whichever order you want to share. You can start with sharing his work with us or start with sharing your journey. But share with us um, his work, your journey, and how that all got connected.
1: Okay. Might be good to start with a little background, Caroline. Okay. So that we can help our listeners and and viewers to understand more of what Life Between Lives is all about. Okay. Back in 1968, which is a long time ago now, Michael made a discovery. He'd been a... Um, a typical traditional therapist in clinical practice in Hollywood, in uh-huh. LA, and um, he took a lady into a state of being that moved beyond what we would normally experience as hypnotherapists. And she went into a, um, an interlife scenario. He'd been treating for her for depression and she felt so lonely in her life. And he said, as we often do as hypnotherapists, go to the source of the problem. And she found herself back in the spiritual realm surrounded by her soul friends and discovered that she decided to incarnate this time without them so that she could learn independence.
2: Uh And
1: it had become so so difficult for her. And this was breaking a pattern of many lifetimes. So in that moment, he discovered something. He said, well, you know, people had always wanted to do past life regression. It had become more popular since uh, Maury Bernstein um, published his book about Bridie Murphy back in, Mm -hmm. I think it was the uh, mid to late 50s. Uh, So he'd been getting inquiries for a while, but it's like spirit gave him um, a taste of what he was meant to do with his life. So from there, over a period of 35 years, he um, he worked out a methodology where he could take people into a past life, but then transition them at the end of that and move back into the spiritual realm and hold them in that super conscious state while he explored all of those aspects of the afterlife. Now, when he first published his uh, his first book, Journey of Souls, in 1994, he had many thousands of case studies behind him, ultimately 7,000 in total, where he was able to map the spiritual realm. Um, he published a second book, uh, Destiny of Souls, after <laughs> Journey of Souls. Um, and from there, the books just started to make their way very gently out into uh, the hands of the people who um, who wanted to explore, and we founded the Newton Institute originally as a as an earlier version of our organisation back in 2001 2002, okay. and then we we rebirthed if you like or reincarnated into the Newton Institute in 2005. Michael, being the humble fellow he was, he didn't want us to name it after him, but we overruled him. <laughs> so because um, we thought it was important that we recognise the founder of this work for right. all that he had done.
2: Wow.
1: Now. At this stage, um, our organisation, we now have people in 40 countries. Uh, We have 200 plus very dedicated and highly trained life-between-lives therapists that undertake these journeys. And um, our cases spread around the different clinics around the world are now up to about 40,000. So this is a significant piece of afterlife work that Mm -hmm. for many still remains quite new. And a lot of that is because Michael worked for 35 years um, just by himself right. to ensure that he could confirm. I'll just do another couple of hundred cases, so I've, <laughs> I'm sure of this particular aspect. Right. So he's given us the most incredible foundation to work with.
0: Wow! Oh, so amazing, and it, it so resonates with me. His first his first encounter with the um, in between lives uh, regression because I I've never had. And I've never really been hypnotized, and I've never really had, um, I've never had a past life or in-between life session. But I truly feel that, this, that what that woman was experiencing that that, that deep sense of loneliness, and, and to find out that this is something that she chose. And, and I do know that all of the challenges we go through in life, we choose um and i feel that i i feel if i had a past or in between life session i would discover exactly what that woman just you know discovered in that um because i do accept that um whatever i'm going through in this uh incarnation in this life experience is is what i chose to experience on the soul level. So I, I can totally relate to um, that first encounter he had.
1: Yeah, yeah. and to be honest, Carolyn, I feel that we're just remembering what we already know. Yes. There's, there's a part of us that is our soul. And I've always felt that the greatest act of unconditional love that we will ever experience is for our soul to select us as the, um, the beautiful relationship, through which it reincarnates, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, your soul, for example, had seven billion other choices yes. to make to come <laughs> onto this earth, but chose you. Yes, and that's gotta—that's gotta be unconditional love in its most purest form.
0: Yes, so true. And 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 when I think of it too, I always say, at our core, that's what we are. We are yeah. unconditional love at our core. So now that now this, I love that you shared the uh, brief history of how everything came to be uh, with the Newton Institute. Now, please share how you connected with Dr. Michael.
1: Well, the fascinating part for me is um, down here in Australia, we're a long way away from the home country for the Newton Institute, which is the USA, but we are. We are spread globally now, as I mentioned earlier. For my mind, I was a a, a hypnotherapist in training many years ago, and I'd reached the end of my course, and I wanted to buy a book uh, for my teacher who'd been such an inspiration to me. So I stood in old Borders Bookshop, which we had uh, had a few of those down here, Mm -hmm. and uh, I stood in front of the metaphysical section, and I was looking for a book for my teacher and said, take me to the book I need today. I closed my eyes and I stepped forward and what I forgot to say was take me to the book um, I need today for my teacher so I pulled the book off the shelf and it was Michael's first book Journey of Souls this one and um, you know I I, I read the back of this book Caroline and something happened inside me it was like there was an awakening uh, the heart chakra burst open and I was having this Experience in the metaphysical book section. I looked around. I thought maybe there's an earthquake or something happening here, right. but everybody else seemed fine. So it was all about me. I'm afraid. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I read that book. I went back and I got the next one. I went back and I got the third one. And you know, within a few months, I was thinking, you know, maybe I need to go to America to learn all this. And then, of course, similar to what Michael experienced and is so common in our field, we have that amazing client that turns up in our clinic and completely turns our life on its head. Hmm. And I had a lady who came to see me. She was um, a massage therapist. Um, She had three little girls. She was going through a, a terrible divorce. They were going to court the next week and um, her husband was trying to get all the assets and she was trying to fight him. And ultimately, um, she came to me for stress. Okay. So I went down to this place and, and, as you may know, some people are very natural subjects for what we call synambulism. And okay. they go into a really deep state really quickly. So she went into this beautiful deep state and she introduced herself to me as a soul uh, mm-hmm. called Algie, which is different from the client's name. And she told me that she was in spirit and she was doing this and she was doing that. And she spoke to me from her pure soul self, exactly like Michael had described in the books. Wow. Now, as a new hypnotherapist that wasn't really trained in this, I wasn't quite sure what to do. But I was in the presence of such wisdom
2: mm-hmm. that
1: um, basically I said, well, how long has this been going on for? And she said five lifetimes. Mm. And I said, well, what do you need to do to, um, to break this pattern? She says, this is enough. Now that I've awoken to that, uh, I can break the pattern. Mm-hmm. Now, she was a lady who was, um, you know, um, a little timid. Right. Um, he'd been overpowering her for these five lifetimes. And ultimately, I do want to say that there is love between these two souls right. who would come back five times right. to try and make a difference to uh, to this dynamic. Yes. So the next week, she moved into the courtroom and she stood uh, in the witness stand and for the first time in five lifetimes she looked him in the eye across the courtroom and um, all of the energy went in her direction and she was given the house and the custody of the children and perhaps mm-hmm. his car it's a long time ago I think there was something about a car in there as well and yes. she walked out having broken a pattern across five lifetimes oh, okay. now this was this was only possible because she'd been in this beautiful pure state of between lives where. Normally with past life regression, we've got all these lives that are lined up in linear time because that's how we understand it in human form. Right. And as you know, linear time is just an illusion. Yes. So past life regression, we'll go back and we'll find some interest in that life. We'll come out again. We'll come back up here and we'll drop into that person. When we go in between these lives, in between them, uh, we have a horizontal view across the lineage of our soul. And it helps us to track the patterns and the challenges and perhaps the gifts that we've had across a series of lifetimes. And it helps us to understand that our soul lineage is a very long book,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we are just simply one chapter in it, but wow. we are still
0: the book. Yes, yes, oh wow. Yeah. Mm. So amazing, wow, that is now. I, I feel like I really wanna have one of the, those in-between live sessions, that's awesome. That that's what I really want, because I know that, um, like you said, that time is, Uh, an illusion and that all we're living all of our lives in the now so I do understand that and I do understand that but each lot we do we're affecting so the decisions and what I do now in this now is affecting all of the other lives that I'm living right now. So I do understand that. But um, I, like you said, um, I I don't remember the word you use or the term you use that a patient that that just goes into that deep state very easily and naturally. And for me, I had a friend that was trying to hypnotize me, but I don't I don't think I went into the state easily. I, I don't think I. I don't think I was hypnotized, to be honest. But <laughs> I, I didn't want her to feel bad, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just go with this. But I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I would be an easy sub subject uh, patient. To a hypnotize. lot of people
1: say that. A lot of okay. people say that, Caroline. And there's some um, there's some misconceptions about hypnotherapy that I believe. That, you know, people think that they have to be completely unconscious. It's like they're in a sleep state. And ultimately, we go in and out of hypnosis all the time. You know, when we look out a train window, when we daydream, all of that is lowering our brainwave patterns from beta that we're in right now down into alpha, which is, you know, once we're predominantly in an alpha state, we're just simply relaxed. The okay. so way in which we do that is, you know, in, um, in hypnosis, you should really be aware of everything around you. Mm, in, okay. in fact, sometimes you can have hypersensitivity and you can be more tuned into sounds or environments or even energy to mm-hmm. be able to feel things differently okay. than what you would um, when you're in the beta state because you're not thinking as much. You're in more of your senses. Okay. Um, but, yeah, um, there's a lot of th- people think you need to be asleep, but it's only about light relaxation the work we do in life between lives, though, is deeper. We move okay. down into more of a theta brainwave pattern, which is more of a deeper meditative state. But we work with people for quite some time to be able to
0: get them. Okay, okay. Hmm. Well, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> now. I have. I. I. I was aware of before. I was aware of Dr. Newton. I was aware of in between lives um, therapy. Um, because of Dr. Brian Weiss, his work. I read one of my favorite books is Messages from the Masters. And I read that back in, oh goodness, had to be early 2000s or, mm-hmm. or, or late, um, late 90s, something of that nature. But that was the first time I was aware of that kind of work. So it's, uh, so. please tell us more of what, um, what the Institute, what you're doing and what the Institute is doing right now. Okay.
1: Well, we've got a, a number of things that we offer. And, and first and foremost, we have our people in the different countries who are offering this work in their, uh, in their clinics. And I love the fact that we have uh, pretty much a global footprint now, because that means that in all of our clinics around the world, someone somewhere is back home in the spiritual realm uh, Mm. in the hands of one of our people. And I think that's a beautiful thought because that connects humanity more to our greatness. uh, Yes. Forgotten greatness, if you like. So uh, we do that. We train Life Between Life therapists. People come to us to learn how to do this work. Um, Normally they've been hypnotherapists for a while in an established practice. They've had um, past life training and experience as well. So it's like we pick them up at the, at the further in their careers when they want mm-hmm. to specialise more in spirituality. When we take people into that in-between-lives into, in state, uh, we're moving outside of time and space, and it takes quite some skill as a facilitator and the ability to hold a beautiful space for that person to uncover their immortal identity. Mm-hmm. That's just so important. And these sessions, Caroline, go for around four hours. Oh, Sometimes wow. Sometimes even a little longer for us to be able to access those deeper states of consciousness. So the beauty of that is that um, if I could offer you an equivalent of what this um, could look like for people who haven't heard much about the work, you will have heard a lot about near-death experiences. and I'm I'm sure you've uh, had some guests speak about that. When the consciousness moves out of the body, uh, we access a greater wisdom, okay, Mm -hmm. and people come back after a near-death experience and they either uh, become a messenger, like Anita Mojani with her book, um, uh, Eben Alexander with his yes. work, all these people that come back and, and they write these books as messengers. They've right. been beyond their body in a, a greater state of consciousness.
2: Right.
1: Now, we specialise um, in that type of work by accessing the soul memories that are held within us. And if you like, it's the equivalent of an out-of-body experience while we're still in body. Mm. Okay. Because we're we're able to take people down the tunnel and out the other side, but they are still in their body in the here and now. So it's right. like this multi-dimensional self that they can be right. is their um, you know, I don't want to get too sciencey here, but it's like we remain quantumly entangled with our soul energy. Mm. And you know, and, and our personal oneness, if you like, right. is we yes. are multidimensional beings and we exist yes. in many places. We're simply taking our awareness back to where our Soul energy remains the rest of it. Some of it is here in this body. There is other aspects of our soul energy back in spirit. We're just rejoining that so we can have the experience that this gives us.
0: Very good. Awesome. And and can you share like some healings that have come from these type of uh, sessions?
1: Well, we see a lot of emotional healing. We see a lot of reconnecting. People... People come to us because they want to get an, an understanding of their life's purpose, yes. and unfortunately, you don't get your life's purpose in an email. You have to uh, try and discover it. Yeah. So it builds gradually, and somebody will come to us and they'll say, "I want to know um, what my life purpose is." And it may not be, you know, uh, something very distinctive. It's usually something that you can offer both in daily life and through your life, mm-hmm. and it might be to um, help others learn forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It might be to um, raise people up to find their potential. It might be to teach. Mm-hmm. It might be to simply give and receive love. Okay. And you can do that in so many different ways through right. life. But um, so there's the discovery of purpose. Uh, another one can be healing, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And a couple of cases of, of healing that come to mind for me. I remember a lady came to me for a session and she had nursed her mother uh, through to her transition for the last 10 years of her life and her mother had been difficult. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that she came was she wanted to reconnect with her mother, but she was afraid to do so in case her mother was angry with okay. her about all of the um, the instances where they'd argued. The okay. mother was very sick towards the end of it, so it had been a terrible time for them both. Mm-hmm. When she, uh, she moved, we take them... Down through childhood, uh, through the time in their mum's tummy before they're born, through the womb, because that's right. where we activate some of the deeper memory, because mm-hmm. the life memory is uh, is empty. So okay. we activate them in the in the womb, and then we move them um, off into a past life, and then we cross over. Okay. When she crossed over, uh, as often happens, she was met by her spiritual guide, and normally the spiritual guide will then help or allow you to move somewhere or be with you.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: her guide just wouldn't talk to her. And he mm-hmm. just crossed his arms and turned his back to her. She described oh. all this to me. Oh, I my thought, That's goodness. That's so strange. What a strange <laughs> behaviour for a guide because they're usually so loving. Right. So, so you know, I was there and, and I was saying this is – and I'm trying to manage this situation. And I just said to Spirit on her behalf, I said, bring somebody who can help bring us somebody who can help us because she had all these questions she wanted answered in spirit and um, her mother came hmm.
2: okay.
1: and they met on the spiritual plane and they embraced hmm. and every time she had a question her mother went and found the answer for her in spirit or took her somewhere or right. allowed her to very much understand um, the answer to all of the questions Okay. And when we got to the end of that session,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the, the guide who'd remained like this the whole time turned around to smile. because <laughs> okay. It had all been a setup to bring uh, her and her mother closer together. So her uh, mother ended up being the path to her spirituality and answering all the questions she had to the other side.
0: I see. Uh, so we say little
1: things like that all the time.
0: Mm hmm. Wow. So 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 and it's to me it's so um refreshing to hear that this work is going on all over the world. Um because I just think I know with my awakening, I I know like I said that everything happens for my highest good and not only that, that I planned it, you know. I you know, there's free will, but there's also a soul plan. And when you can understand that and accept that, you, you live your life with a sense of peace and joy and freedom and understand that whatever challenges comes, you set that challenge up for yourself for a purpose, even if you can't remember what that purpose is. And I think that's so important. Yes. You know, that's,
1: that's, that's what you have just said is so important, Caroline and it raises the vibration of somebody's life uh, into the energy of service. And ultimately, you know, one of the characteristics of Michael's work is that at times when you move back there, you debrief uh, what we see as a past lifetime. But we can ask questions about this life because we're outside time and space. But when we go back and we meet um, with the spiritual beings who've helped us to plan uh, our lifetimes, You know, no one wants to know, you know, um, how much money you had in the bank. No one (laughs) wants to know what sort of car you drove. Right. People want to know when you had choice, when you had free will to respond to those challenges, how did you do that? How did you touch the hearts and minds of the people? What did you offer um, the people around you? And what did you offer this transition of consciousness that we're currently going through? Um, you know, that's the stuff that really makes the difference. And that's what we'll be talking about when we get back home.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's so true. And it's, it's true, too, when I think of um, the, the, the season we're living in, that I do feel that more and more people are awakening um, and more and more people are talking about oneness. Um, but it's how, I guess the question that keeps coming to me is, how attached are you to this 3D illusion? Because I I feel for me, and again, I always just say everything that I believe and think is for me. I'm not preaching to anybody to, to think differently. Um, but for me, I detach myself. And when I say I detach myself, it's not like my head is in the sand. Yeah, yeah. I... I I I stopped watching news in 2001 when I felt a strong urge from spirit telling me turn off that news and never turn it back on again. At that time, I didn't know why. So this is 16 years ago. I didn't know why. Almost to the day because it was late September of um, two weeks after 9-11 is when spirit told me turn it off, don't ever turn it back on. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I'll do it. I'm, I'm being obedient. And now I do know why. And it's yeah. not that, I, I mean, I'm on the computer all the time. Sure, I, I know who's president. You know, I, I I know what's going on in the world. I know there's been hurricanes lately. And so, but I'm not, I'm not focused on that 3D dream. I, 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 I know that everything is happening in perfect divine timing. I don't have to know from my human conscious mind the why, I know it's all happening for a higher reason, and when you accept yeah. that in your heart and soul, you can continue your life and live life in a state of peace—the peace that surpasses all understanding, which I, I, I got from the Bible. Jesus said it, um, but it, I, you know, I didn't understand what that meant until I understood the bigger picture. So yeah. when, so. Us here, um, all that are in this um, field of trying to help inspire others to awaken, for us on a personal level to detach somewhat from the illusion and understand that the illusion is fine and it's happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen and not get all caught up in, the news and 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 letting that lower our energy because everything is energy so it's about keeping our energy high so we can actually really do the good that we came here to do
1: I couldn't couldn't agree more you know one of the one of the things that I love to say to people is um, never let the external noise distract you from the internal journey
0: so that's beautiful (laughs) It's so beautifully said yeah That is so beautifully
1: said. I I believe there's more noise now, Caroline, um, around than what there used to be because I think the powers that be are more worried about too many internal journeys for the rest of us. Yes. And and I really feel that, um, as you do, that most of this, of what we see, is an illusion. All we really have is energy and free will. Yes. Um, I believe the universe is made of energy. I believe our consciousness is everywhere and we just need to make a decision where we choose to place our awareness exactly. now we can place that in the world around us when there is so many things happening um, like you I gave up the news quite some time ago and I just keep a finger out there to know what's going on much as you do yourself but I decided for a long time ago no this can't be right and you know if I listen if I look at any news it's the alternative news yes and to find out what's really going on Exactly. But I I think humanity is in transition. Um, You know, you hear beautiful stories like the Maharishi effect, which for the sake of our viewers and listeners, um, many years ago in the US, uh, thousands of people meditating proved that they could lower the crime rate in the city.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, all of this is the collective consciousness of who we are. If we all truly believe that we are one, if we truly believe that we can make this world a better place, I think we are going to reach... Critical mass, yes, and that we will have the change that we've so worked uh, hard for over so many years. Yes. And you know, I think humanity is ready. Yes, you know, yes. there were times when, you know, even you and I having a conversation like yes. this, we'd be um, thrown <laughs> yeah. into uh, into jail or burned at the stake. Yes. So um, I'm glad yeah. those days are gone.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: But Thank I mean, you. we. We know you know one thing I, I mean I get asked about you know how does our work fit with with the uh, religions and all of that and and I feel that every religion offers there's a, an afterlife of love, peace, and compassion yes. and in our work, we allow people to articulate um, their uh, their intentions, um, they will tell us that they want to go home, we take them back to the spiritual realm, and it doesn't happen through you know, um, a religious perspective. It just happens through pure and personal experience that is very objective,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: people can connect with a, a place of eternal love that all the religions profess. Yes.
2: Um,
1: and all of and it is at the core. Yes. Uh, love, peace, and compassion is the core of all religions and how they started. Yes. Sometimes we we put some doctrine in there, and and sometimes <laughs> we take it in a in a fundamental way that. You know, takes it in the wrong direction but if we peel all those layers back and we get back to the purity of of what religion is of what people are i believe at the core of us we are all love
0: yes oh true this yeah. is so true and when we truly see that and understand that is when the awakening is will, will happen collectively and the, and the the wonderful thing about that is it it's not going to take many, it's uh, the collective, because it is all connected, it is all interdependent, and it's only a few, the only, uh, I think the number is, they, that has been said is uh, uh, 1,044, uh, 100, yeah. 144,000, I said that wrong, 144,000 yeah. to affect the entire collective. That's it's it's just a small percentage needed, like the hundred month monkey effect. Like yeah, um, yeah. so it's it's that that critical mass. When people mm. people think of critical mass, they think there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. That's a lot of people. It's like no 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 no. It's it's not going to take that many. And I I I believe because I when you say you listen to the alternative news, I listen. For me, it's channels that I have some very trusted channels that I listen to on the regular, like three or four different ones a week, and I'm hearing directly from what spirit is saying is going on with our awakening with humanity's awakening and I believe we're we're very much on track so
1: yeah. well, I think so yeah I, I think I think there's so much more to the universe than we know and uh as you tell people caroline as well yeah. science and spirituality are overlapping more and more and more all the time yes. i mean quantum physics tells us that all this is an illusion yes and they tell uh, us that we create our own reality yes and that is so
0: true yes yes Yes. and it's so true that it should be mainstream by now <laughs> you know, it's, yeah <laughs> it's so true it should be a no-brainer by now and and well we know that there are People, forces on the other side kind of not wanting it to be a no-brainer, but it really should be.
1: <laughs> well, one thing about change is that not everybody wants it. Right. Um, everybody needs it, but not everybody wants everybody it. Wants it, yes. And I think the mindsets that we have, particularly in Western culture, the mindsets that we have uh, just need to shift because we're going to do something to save this beautiful planet. that Yes. And as we continue to move in, you know, the uh, the values of profitability and materialism, you know, rather than sustainability and love, yes. um, you know, we've got to swap that around because our very survival uh, depends upon it. The fascinating thing about um, about that is that uh, more and more people are starting to believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. so they say oh well, it'll, it won't be a problem for, it'll be a problem for future generations well <laughs> we just might be the future generations yes. as well so we better get on with it
0: very true very true and it, and it is all we're all connected we're all one and like you said we we can't say okay we'll put that we'll let the future generations worry about it because we are a part of the future we're a part of the past the future the present it's all it's all interconnected there's no no separation and i think that i think that that simple truth of knowing that it all there is, is one, it's one energy, you know, that is divided in what appears to be divided, not truly divided, just appears to be divided, but it's all just that one energy of love, unconditional love. That's all it is. And showing it's, you know, it's just showing itself in many different ways and wanting to experience itself in all ways so it is it's a a very simple truth but uh, and it's just a wonderful feeling when you're awake to that and and the reason I started this show is to connect with more people like you and my other guests that are awake to that because uh, I live in the Poconos and and there's not many people I could talk to have this conversation with in the Poconos I wouldn't get burnt at the stake but I can't where can I find (laughs) people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to have this conversation with yeah. so you
1: know the uh, the beauty of that carolyn is more and more people are looking for these conversations and it's shows like yours that give us the opportunity because you know we're out there doing this work but you give us voice yes and that is uh, that is so important so often i have people in my own clinic here in melbourne in australia um they say who can i talk to You know, who can I have conversations with? And the beauty of that, Carolyn, is I'm getting more young people asking me that question. Great. People in their 20s and 30s, and that's fantastic. It's like they're born to a a more advanced consciousness because of the day and age in which they uh, they came to the world. So um, we've got to find those people and we've got to set them free to do things differently than what our generation
0: did. Yes. So true, so true. Now, Cher, You had mentioned to me before we started recording about um, was it a journal or um, is this a journal or yeah. a newsletter? Yes, yeah, share.
1: Yeah, we have a Michael's work. Um, his cases were done mainly through the seventies and the eighties and into the nineties. Mm-hmm. What we're finding with the acceleration of consciousness that we're finding that some of the traditional life between live sessions that Michael Um, mapped early in his career are now changing we're seeing a a greater diversity in a couple of different ways one of those ways is in the lineage of the clients who are coming we're finding that there are more and more clients who have a a lineage of their soul that includes um, incarnating in other forms and other places Mm -hmm. so most people have got some sort of an experience of being in a different type of body other than a human one
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, of course, if you want to change humanity, um, we are the collection of humanity. So the more diverse souls we can get into that collective, you know, it changes the whole uh, collective consciousness of who we are. So we've, uh, we have decided a while back, um, first of all, in, in 2009, we wrote, um, Michael edited a book for us uh, called Memories of the Afterlife.
2: Okay. And
1: Memories of the Afterlife was a collection of stories from around the world. Was, and it really signified to the world that the work of one man had become the work of many. Mm. More recently, we've engaged in, um, in research again. Michael did an enormous amount of research. Then we moved into very much the client-focused approach to our work for uh, for a decade, as we just had these beautiful experiences in our clinic that were all built around the person who came. Mm-hmm. And now we've got, we're collecting information from these 40,000 cases around the world And we're starting again more of our research. Um, And we've set a a research department up under Dr. Anne Clark. And she's Mm -hmm. uh, been moving uh, through the collection of research. And we're publishing a a book called um, uh, by Llewellyn, uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: again, who've published all of Michael's works, The Little Book of LBL, which is uh, coming out in in, uh, next month. And um, we've got another a book that we're going to publish probably in about 12 to 18 months' time called Wisdom of Souls. What we're doing now is we're bringing forward um, this greater repository of information to make it public. And we didn't want to wait for all of these books to unfold because as you probably know, it takes a while to write a book. Yes. So we launched Stories of the Afterlife, which is a quarterly journal from our research department, And uh, inspiring stories from around the world with some regular features as well. We've got a couple of doctors in our organisation and they write for the newsletter, research updates, little pieces of Michael from his Mm -hmm. life as well. So we publish that on a quarterly basis uh, on a subscription, uh, which can be uh, obtained through newtoninstitute.org. So it goes out every three months. Um, um, Subscriptions are about $20 a year, something like that, just under. Okay. And yes. that's a way in which we want to continue to spread the word as well
2: yes. so that
1: people can, um, can just tune into what we're doing and what's the, the latest thing that we've been doing at the Newton Institute. Awesome.
0: Can you share some of those stories of the afterlife?
1: Well, interestingly, um, in the last version, um, this phenomenon that I mentioned earlier about people who are going more and more to off-world, Mm-hmm. past lives or we're discovering an aspect of their soul lineage where they come from um perhaps another star system another place in the in this enormous universe yeah we've started to publish some stories we dedicated our august edition and again our, our november edition um are both going to be um, focusing on those off-world cases okay so we've got people that come from, um, from um, experiences in being on other planets, um, yes. different types of technology, different forms of life, and we're seeing this more and more uh, yes. in our cases that are coming through our clinics. So we thought, you know, it's um, as Michael told us in his books, mm-hmm. this is a pretty tough school as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's a difficult one compared to other lighter places. So yes. it's something that we're doing as well to recognise that you know, some souls are incarnating here that aren't necessarily comfortable in these dense physical bodies. Mm -hmm. It's our way of saying both welcome and thank Mm -hmm. you for coming to change the mix of humanity's consciousness. We need those people.
0: Well, this is so true, um, that we have, every one of us has chosen to be here and, um, I had um, Robert Schwartz on my, as my very first mm-hmm. guest. He wrote Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's mm-hmm. Gift. And the title of his book um, at first was Courageous Souls because every soul that is here to choose to come here <laughs> is very courageous. It's, um, yeah, so yes. Yeah. So every soul here is an extremely courageous soul to choose. Because yes. it's, it, it was a choice to come here. Absolutely. And, and this is a difficult school. Very difficult school.
1: Yeah. It is, but, um, but like yes. all difficult schools, the acceleration of yes. um, yes. uh, the development of the soul is, um, is the gratitude which you're yes. greeted with after you've had a tough gig here.
0: Yes.
1: So, um, so, yeah, it's like a boot camp for the soul, if you like.
0: Well. Yes, and, and what you said is absolutely true. Because also from the soul's perspective, when you're in spirit, it, a lifetime is is like nothing. So it's like, okay, let me let me really accelerate my my because you know, I'm going to be in and out. So why not? Well, we
1: get the yes. we get the odd case of of even greater acceleration, and mm-hmm. there's been a few cases over the years, and I've had one myself where. Somebody's actually incarnated in two bodies at once.
2: Mm.
1: And I had a client who was um, just doing her normal session here. And, and I said, uh, how much of your soul energy did you bring into this body? And she said, around 40%. And I said, so there's about 60% still back in spirit. She said, no, 20%. Mm. So I'm, there's a bit missing.
0: Mm-hmm. So I said
1: to her, uh, where's the rest of your soul energy? And she said, it's in China.
0: Okay. And I
1: said, what's it doing in China? And she said, it's working in an office.
0: Okay. And I
1: said, okay, well, um, tell me about this. Why would you do this? And she told me the story that she'd incarnated in two places in the same linear time so that she could accelerate the learnings for her soul. And I asked her if these two would ever meet. And she said, no, what would be the point of that? I split my energy into two bodies so that I could learn more and be in different environments and different situations. wouldn't make sense to me because that's not what I was trying to do okay so this um we see these on occasion they're rare but mm-hmm. yeah if you want to um really do it tough here then you can split your energy and do a couple of things at once
0: wow, wow. Michael had
1: some cases of more than two but mm-hmm. um and that are in these books but um but yeah it's a fascinating phenomenon wow
0: and please um share how many how many books did dr michael write well, you said four right what, what yeah. are
1: Well, uh, Journey of Souls was his first one that came out in in 94. Um, All of these, uh, Llewellyn published all of these. Mm -hmm. Destiny of Souls was 2001, which was um, really picked up where the other one left off. When he was um, um, a little older as well, this one came out, this is Life Between Lives. This is more of a therapist's handbook. And it's one that we use, uh, came out in 2004. It's uh, one that we use to train LBL therapists as a bit of a textbook. And then the one that I showed earlier, this was 2009, which was Memories of the Afterlife, and he really assembled it, and okay. um, did the editing, wrote the footnotes, etc. So, um, four, four books in total that he was involved okay. with, and awesome. we co-authored the fourth one with him.
0: Oh, very good, very good. So, and now you, I know you said. There's clinics all over the world. I'm in the Poconos. (laughs) So is is anyone, I always give people, now you're in Australia, so you're Australian, so I don't expect you to get this question right. Where is the Poconos?
1: Um, I would love to answer that correctly, but I really don't know. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) But you have heard of the Poconos.
1: I've Everyone, heard the name, but I don't know this, where you
0: are. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is the case. <laughs> Even people here in the United States heard heard of the purple. I'm in northeast Pennsylvania, so okay. Yes, so um near the court uh near the border of New Jersey and not far from upstate New York. So is okay. there a clinic um like in New York? I'm like an hour and a half away from New York City.
1: Yeah, we've so. got a number of people in New York. Okay. Um, so there's, um, last time I looked, I think there was about seven and eight. Oh, okay. um, Might even be some in New Jersey. Um, our people are sprinkled about, we've got about 100 uh, of our people in the States. Okay. So, um, you know, they're, they're sort of clustered around the, um, the more populated areas. We've got, you know, several in California, several in New York. Okay. And they're sprinkled around the other main cities as well. Uh, okay. And some a little bit further afield in the countryside.
0: Very, very good. Awesome. This, oh, it is so wonderful. Um, Now please share your, I know you shared your website, but share your website again. Um, Yeah.
1: um, You can find our people and more of what we do at Mm -hmm. newtoninstitute.org. We also have a Facebook group. Um, We have um, all sorts of people join our Facebook community just to have conversations, to ask questions, you know, I'd say 6,000 people now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll make sure they know that um, that we're having this conversation uh, yes. as it goes to air as well, Caroline. Yes. So um, and we've got to get the word out there. So, yes. um, yeah, uh, we do that. We've got our uh, Stories of the Afterlife, our subscription research journal comes out every quarter. So mm-hmm. part of our role has really started like you are, Caroline, as well, is, um, you know, educating people that, Our message is a really clear one. Um, And we came up with a a statement many years ago that was, um, you know, people say, what do you do at the Newton Institute? Mm -hmm. And we uh, awaken an understanding of your immortal identity. Mm. I mean, that's basically what we want to do. We want to put people in touch with their souls. We want people to know that there is more to them than meets the eye and that the internal journey far exceeds the external noise. Um, It's not about getting away from the noise. It's about discovering who you are and your deepest authenticity. Mm -hmm. It's the most powerful thing you'll ever do is to touch your own soul and to find that. And I think as more of us remember who we truly are, I have great hope for humanity that once we realise as a group that we are these incredible eternal beings, that um, the whole world can change in an instant once we reach that critical mass that you talked about earlier. So we're all doing our bit to get there.
0: Yes, and that is so true. It's about when you know who you truly are. What is there to fear? You know what? You know you set. You know you set up the game. You you wrote the script. You you know you. It's all about you just following this um, incredible. Um, not really following. Not really following the script because it is still free will. But it's yeah. uh, you planned this life for a reason, for a much higher reason than you're aware of. You're just not aware of it, but it's it's something you plan for your highest good. And when you know that, it just brings so much peace and joy into your heart and soul and that you just want, you want to share that with others. And I I did when I, it was quantum physics that awoke me to the truth of oneness. And when I first was awakened, I wanted to share it with everybody I knew. But they they I got people were looking at me like I have two heads. <laughs> two heads they they couldn 't understand what I was talking about, so i I said okay it 's okay they are everyone is exactly where they 're supposed to be on their journey, so there 's no judgment when you understand that the, the the oneness you understand if you judge another you 're judging yourself, so yeah. there 's no judgment in wherever they are on that journey. Um, because, again, it's not, time is not truly linear. We're all going to awaken at some point and remember. And so where they're at, they're exactly where they're supposed to be.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, for the last few years, I've been looking at some of the overlaps between quantum physics and spirituality. And the whole oneness thing is just the ultimate quantum entanglement,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: everything is connected. And, I mean, it was Einstein himself that said time was an illusion. I mean, right. um, he was proved right through experimentation many years later when they invented the atomic clock. Yes. And I think he even said once, he said, the only reason we have the present is to stop the past colliding with the future. Mm. So, you know, I mean, this, mm. this isn't even the ancient wisdom because that was all outside of time and space as well with a lot of the Indigenous cultures in different parts of the world. You know, they all had this great understanding of how the universe worked. Yes. So in some ways we're rediscovering our roots that we, you know, this is where we came from. This is the beauty of who we are. And this is uh, who we're always meant to be. These these beautiful divine beings. Um, We play in uh, linear time and space. We play in 3D for the evolution of our souls. And it's not who we truly are. Exactly
0: exactly and when we wake up to that truth of who we really are and the oneness that we are all one just having this nice play I like that word and then we're here to enjoy life and live it to the fullest when we know that in our heart and soul and start doing that it's just that's you know and like I said I don't call myself a teacher I just what I want to do with my show and with my journey is to share and to inspire because all I can, yeah. because to me, the w- awakening comes from within. Like you had said, um, something when that we when discovered, um, Dr. Michael's book and, at the uh, bookstore uh, there was something inside of you. And those are the exact words I use when I woke up is something mm. inside of me woke mm. up and said, yes. And then yeah. I'm like, I got it. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like a call. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, well better than a call.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. It's, yeah. it's it's yeah, yeah, it's more of a shake. But yeah. the, <laughs> yes. Or a you know, body earthquake. Yes. Um I mean yes. it's very powerful and yes. you know, you, the more you try to suppress it, Caroline, the, the bigger it gets and the bigger jolt you get.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think waking up is inevitable. And you can only deny it for so long, but so we might as well just wake up and get on with it.
0: Yes, <laughs> so so very very true. Oh, this has been so wonderful. I'm so so happy. Now, what time is it there? This <laughs> I can never, um,
1: yeah, it's about 9 a.m. in Nine Australia. A,
0: okay, so 9 a.m. Friday morning because it's yeah. a, a Thursday evening. Sound seven. Okay. That's right. And so, we're very
1: pleased. And and Friday looks great. And we're looking forward to you seeing it as well.
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you're in my future. Yeah. <laughs>
1: in, yeah we're out outside of time and space right now. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. Now we're not even in the same day.
1: <laughs> That's exactly this right.
0: Is, yeah, this is wonderful. So now of course, time is an illusion. So well thank it you is oh i'm so honored I, and we must do this again we must keep in Love touch to. and i yeah. am one of the places i want to travel more and i definitely want to come to australia so now are you sydney where are you
1: oh, i'm in melbourne we're melbourne. down in the bottom right corner
0: okay yeah all right yeah. well i definitely must come
1: and visit yeah. yes well Caroline, thank you for the work you do as i mentioned earlier i mean it's uh it shows like yours that give voice to what we, uh, to what we offer humanity. And we're all part of the same ripple effect of this greater awareness. People really, it's time for them to understand who they truly are to transcend a lot of the things that are happening on the in the world now. And if we simply remember everything changes.
0: This is so true. And I like to, before I forget, I want to invite you and all of the listeners to tune into Global Oneness Day 2017. Um, It is hosted by an amazing organization called Humanities Team. Um, This is the eighth annual Global Oneness Day. It's October 24th. Every year it's the same day. October 24th, yes. Um, And you can go to globalonenesssummit.org. I just Google Global Oneness day <laughs> okay. yes and you can register for free. It is a 12, yep. 12 hour summit um with over fifty speakers, amazing okay. speakers um that speak about oneness from all aspects. we have the science panel we have um the, talking about saving the earth. We have a women's panel, just the women in oneness. So it is an amazing... And it, and if you miss any of it, you can catch it. Um, it's free for the whole weekend. So you can catch it anywhere within 48 hours if you miss any of it. So it's great. Yes. And Sounds I wanna,
2: wonderful.
0: Yes. I actually help... I'm working... I've been working with Humanities Team for the past year and a half. And I actually produced... Global Oneness Day this year, so I feel very honored <laughs> to share wow. that. But it is wow. an, an amazing program that helps to just bring awareness of yeah. oneness in all aspects of life.
1: So thanks like this is so important, Carolyn. It's yes. just wonderful. That's it. Sounds like a wonderful event.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you again. And thank you for all of the work that you're doing. And I am, you know what? I'm definitely gonna go to your website and see. Find a, a clinic or a therapist nearby because I am very, very, for me, I'm very interested in connecting and seeing what, what I plan for this life. I think I, I have a little bit of a clue, but I'd like to hear it directly from uh, yeah. my, my team. <laughs> my yeah. team well, we, always
1: re- we always recommend that. And often we find people go to the website and they're drawn to a particular person. Okay. And it's like there's a little soul contract behind all that, that they're the one that connects with them in order to help them understand their immortal identity. Wow. And, yeah, so, you know, I have people come to Melbourne. I have people that go from Melbourne to other cities Mm -hmm. because they feel a connection to a particular person. So, yeah, just feel into the energy of the people and you'll find the right one for you.
0: I shall do that. I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Love you, my God, wake up, wake
1: up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up,
0: wake up, 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 up,